Thank you, everyone. Uh, yeah, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Tell you, Tom told me, hey, um, when I told him, oh, Barry wants me to preach. He's a, he was installed last year at this time, the second Sunday in January. And um, he, we have some friends in Boulder City who are being installed as the senior pastors, and he had promised them that he would be there. And he is, that's where they are, supporting them and loving them. And, and it's an exciting thing. So, um, so that's where he is. And we're on, he started us on this series, the focus of 2016, of shout, for God has given you the city. And as you know, I, I'm the children's pastor, so a lot of times I'm back with the kids. And last week I was back with the kids and teaching. And, and one thing Tom says, oh, don't worry, you, you preach every Sunday. I was like, oh, yeah, I do. I preach to the kids. And I got to make it simpler. And I got to make it, oh, yeah, that's true. Kids are, um, your kids are awesome, by the way. Just want to say thanks for allowing me the opportunity to partner with you in growing them into the kids that God wants them to be. And uh, so he started us off with shout, and he gave a, I heard his word, and I was like, man, that was a good word. And he encouraged us to read Joshua 1 through 6 throughout the week. So when I said on, on Monday, he stopped by the office, and I'm like, hey, wait, by the way, um, what am I coming off of? What am I, <laughs> he goes, read Joshua 6. I'm like, well, all right. So Monday I read Joshua 6. Let me tell you something. God stirred my heart. And just reading Joshua 6. I get stirred, stirred, my spirit gets stirred, my heart gets stirred in reading the word of God. But there's times, you know when you read, and it's like, it really just means something to you. And you just really get like, um, fired up. You used to sing the song, Bethel, you sing something about, put, put a fire in my belly. I love that song. You know, yeah, God, put a fire in my belly. Well, that's kind of what he did. He put a fire in my belly in reading that. And so I'm just going to jump right into it. In Joshua 6, um, you can turn there. You have your, okay, so I had my, my tablet, and I've been looking for it for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, it had a fight with the um, power sofa. And the sofa won. <laughs> so, so I'm like, man, not only am I going old school, but uh, we're talking big letters because uh, <laughs> I don't want to be switching between two glasses. It's about that time, but I refuse to get bifocals. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so first of all, in starting Joshua, I was like, you know what? It's the next generation that is leading the Israelites into the promised land. It's not the generation that started off. It's the next generation. So first of all, when, when the Lord reminded me that, I'm like, oh, that's right. It's the next gen. You youth in here, it's you. And, um, and God has some good things for you. So I wanted to look up some references. I looked up some references on Joshua himself because he was a young, he was Moses' young aide. And so as I was looking through in Exodus 24, um, it says, Moses went up to Mount Sinai and he received instructions about the, you know, he was receiving instructions about the tabernacle, the consecrating of priests, all the items that were to go into the tabernacle. But the amazing thing was Joshua was with him because it says Moses set out with Joshua, his aide. He took Joshua alongside with him. Then in Exodus 33, it talks about, the, they would set up outside of the Israelites' camp because they were camping in the wilderness. 
Outside of their camp, they had this tent of the meeting. And that's where one would go and they would inquire of the Lord in the tent of the meeting. And it talks about when Moses was going to the tent of the meeting, all the people were in their tents at the entrance of their tents. They would rise up. They rose up as he would walk by and go into the tent of the meeting. And remember, the presence of the Lord came by the cloud, the pillar of cloud, and then the fire by night. That was the presence of the Lord. And so the cloud would, would come down. It would descend in the entrance of the tent. And so when Moses, and it says the people would worship as he, as he went in. But this was the amazing thing. Was, well, for me it was. <clears throat> it says in verse, 11, in verse 11, it says, The Lord would speak to Moses, this is Exodus 33, face to face, as a man speaks with his friend. But then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide Joshua, the son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Joshua stayed in the presence of the Lord. I was like, yes. He was in the presence of the Lord. We were singing, draw me closer. I want to know your heart. Joshua was in the presence of the Lord. He stayed. In Deuteronomy, it tells us Joshua was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. And I'm like, Man, Joshua, you were one rocking dude. Sorry, I remember I'm with kids, so I, that will come out once in a while. <laughs> you know what? If you're in your teens, your 20s, your 30s, you're the next generation. You need to be preparing yourself now for what God has for you in the future. I remember telling my nieces and times, hey, make good choices. When, I, when uh, my niece is here today and her husband, and the, I, I would drop them off at school sometimes. Make good choices. That was my one thing I was told. Make good choices because the choices you make determine your future, determine your outcome. And I remember it wasn't too long ago. Their son is now 19, 20. And, uh, and he, we dropped him off at, I dropped him off, I think at home, he was at the house and he goes, he goes, Nina, I'm his godmother. He goes, Nina, make good choices. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> I still need to make good choices too. I still have a future. <laughs> I'm not extinct yet. <laughs> but you know what? Those things, those choices that you make are the things that are important to God. The things that matter eternally. Those are the choices. Eternal. There's some of us who are older who still don't make good choices eternally. And we need to make good choices. Joshua was filled with the spirit of wisdom, so God, give us wisdom. Um, <laughs> so let's go ahead and look at uh, Joshua, starting in chapter 6. As I was reading this, it's like, okay, now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites, and no one went out and no one came in. And I went on to the next verse, but then I was like, wait a minute, wait, Jericho, no one went out, no one went in. The Lord said, this is like a situation, this is like a circumstance. Now remember, God's talking to me. <laughs> and, and, and so when I was trying to figure out, Lord, how, what do I say? What do I, I mean, I went through this week, and I, he's like, Deb, I gave it to you on Monday. 
Because you know why? I internalized this. So I'm not just preaching this for today. Oh, I am. But it's also because he gave it to me. So it's not like this. It was like this. And I'm just a conduit sharing it. I just want to get that out. So don't think of me. I'm, I don't think of me as holier than thou or whatever. It's just like this is what God gave me. And he said, Deb, it doesn't matter what circumstance. It doesn't matter what situation. It doesn't matter what relationship. That there doesn't look like something's progressing or something is not progressing. Like it's stagnant or not moving. It doesn't matter. Jericho was shut up tight. Shut up tight. No one coming in. No one going out. But the next verse says, The Lord said to Joshua, I've delivered you. I've delivered you, or I've delivered Jericho into your hands. Doesn't matter what maybe our kids or our friends or our relatives, if they're caught up in something. I mean, Tom and I are going through this right now where it's like, mm, there's no progression. There's no. So God says, I got this. God's got it. He's delivered Jericho into his hands. All I have to do, all we have to do is trust the Lord. He's got it. God's got this. (laughs) And not only does he say, I've delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. It's like, here, I've done this, but wait, there's more. I'm giving you this too. I'm giving you the king. I'm giving you the fighting men. God doesn't just give us one thing. He, He always has that plus more. Because God loves us. Oh, man, does God love us. If nothing else, I mean, OSL level one, some of you have taken that, and it's on the love of God. And just how God so loves us. I have been a believer since I was age seven. But you know what? I still need to know, God, you love me. Jesus loves me. This I know. Jesus loves me. He loves you. Sometimes the enemy wants to make us think he doesn't. (laughs) But you know that situation that looks shut up like it's not moving and God says, I've delivered it, I got this? God does the possible out of the impossible. Luke, uh, I think it was one when the angel was uh, talking to Mary and that she was going to bear the son to Jesus, the Christ. And And the angel's the one who said, nothing is impossible with God. But how many times do we believe it? I remember reading one time in Romans, um, I think it was Romans 4, and it was talking about the faith of Abraham and how Abraham would, um, he believed that, um, he believed God would bring into existence the things that did not exist. And I was like, that's right. That's my God. That's what my God does. He does the possible out of the impossible. He brings life out of death. When something looks hopeless, it's not. 
I would tell the kids, look with, our, look with your spiritual eyes. Don't look with your physical eyes. Don't see with this. See with what God sees. Because it's so much bigger. And it's so much better. So it doesn't matter the situation. God's got this. He's got this. He will do what he says he'll do. One of uh, Barry's first points, Pastor Barry's first points last week, was God's promises do not fail. God's given you those promises. They don't fail. He will do what he says he will do. He says, I got this. Trust me with your situation. Trust me with your kids. <laughs> Remember, they're his to begin with, right? <laughs> says, I got, yeah, thank God. <laughs> they're his in the first place, so trust him with them. Then on in verse 3, he, tell, he starts telling, he starts giving them instructions. March around the city with the armed men. He says, and do this for six days. And then he gives them a few more things to do. God, God, God speaks when he speaks, and he tells us what to do. First, we need to listen. But second, you just do it. Nike had it right. Just do it. When God tells you what to do, you just do it. Don't question, don't, but God, I mean, you can, but just do it. Do it out of obedience. This is one of the hardest yet easiest things. It's hard because we have our own will and want to do it our way. Hey, you're parenting, just look at your kid. Want to, no, mine. They want to do it their way, right? But you know what's best for them. Don't you think God knows what's best for us? <laughs> yeah, he does. He knows everything. That's one of his superpowers. He's omniscient. He knows everything. So when God speaks, when he says to do it, we know it's called obedience. <laughs> A couple of days ago in Luke 8, I, th- I believe we were on the 8th, it was Luke 8, and we were reading um, out of the, uh, it was the parable of the sower. And as I was reading it, uh, the parable that Jesus is talking about is a, is a farmer that goes and he sows seed. And the seed, Jesus explains the parable, is the word of God. And he says, and some seed falls on the path, and then the birds come and take it, and it's like gone right away, right? And he explains that that, that is like the enemy comes and takes the word of God away, so you don't believe, and there's no, you're not saved. You don't become walking in, the, in relationship with the Lord. It says, and then there's some that hear the word of God and it lands on the rock. And when it lands on the rock, man, you receive, you receive the word with joy. And it's like, yes, this is the word of God. But then there's some testing that'll come. Oh, this is too hard. And then you don't continue to follow and journey with the Lord. You just fall away. And then there's those who hear the word of God and, and that word lands on like weeds or like thorns, the, the seed does. And so... It's like those who hear it, and again, you hear it, you're walking, but then life happens. <laughs> life really happens a lot, doesn't it? And starts getting us down, starts doing this, and worries, and, and it's like, oh, this is too hard. God really doesn't have my back. No, that's a lie. Because remember, number one, he's got this. Trust him. And so as a result, money, pleasure, Things like that get in the way, and maturity doesn't happen. And as a result, it's like, mm, do things my own way. 
and don't hear and don't listen and don't do. But then there are those that the, so, the, the seed falls on the good soil and that soil receives it and lets it go down deep. You eternalize that word and then you retain it and you persevere through it because you know it's true. And then the crop comes. There's, there's a, a fruit that comes after that. But then further on, after he explains this, I don't think, I, probably, I know I've read it because I've read the Bible before, but in verse 18 it says, therefore, consider carefully how you listen to it. Yeah, that's what I did. Hmm. Whoa. When I hear the word of God, how am I going to receive that? Am I going to hear it? Do I hear it on a Sunday morning and then I walk out and I don't remember it the rest of the week? Or do I hear it? And as Pastor Barry said, hey, read Joshua 1 through 6. Did I read it? Did I take what he said and do it? Yeah, I'll admit, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Yeah, I did this week because I'm preaching. No, just kidding. That's part of it, right? (laughs) You know what? He also says in James, don't just listen, but do what it says. It's not just how I listen, but am I going to do it? Am I going to do what he says to do? There's no feeling to this. It's not where we can just say, oh, but I don't feel like it. I don't want to. She, I didn't want to get out of bed this morning. It was nice. <laughs> oh, but someone said something that hurt my feelings. Do I really have to forgive them? You know these things that come through our minds. Yeah, you do. Stand up. This is what God tells me. Stand up in who you are in me. Okay, okay. Stand up in who you are in Christ. You know, you choose to stay offended or not. It's your choice. You cannot change anybody else but you. Oh, I tell you, when I heard that, you, you, how do I respond? How do I react? I share this all the time. When Danny Silk did this in a healthy relationship thing, and I heard it, and I was like, oh, I'm a conduit of God's love and blessing to others especially to my husband. How do, I, how do I speak to him? How do I speak to my family? How do I speak to my friends? Sometimes those are the people we hurt the most, don't we? Because we know they're still going to love us. No, that's not right. There's no feeling in this. People may hurt your feelings. Words may sting but you know who you are in Christ and you stand in it. You don't let the enemy use it for his purpose because that's what he wants to do. He wants to cause disunity. And we have to stand in who we know we are in Christ. Walk in it. Because the enemy's been defeated. He knows that. It's us who need to carry it out. And that's where love comes in. 
Love covers that offense. Love covers all of that. Is it easy? No. I'm not saying it's easy. Why? You got to walk this out all the time. That's why you got to be in his presence, right? Which brings us to the next thing. We know it's obedience. We do what God says. We just do it. So Joshua, let's go into verse 6. It's talking about Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest. He said to him, hey, take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord, because this is what God had told him to do previously. And so now he's telling them, and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And what they're going to do is they're going to take the ark of the covenant and walk around Jericho. And the Lord said to me, Joshua brought the ark of the covenant the ark was made. The, the instructions were given. It wasn't made just yet, but the, the well, it was made. The ark was, was instructed to be made so that in the, the angels that were on the ark, the presence, that's where God was going to meet them. His presence would be there. So it was the presence of God. That's the ark of the covenant. And they took the Ark of the Covenant and they walked around the city of Jericho. And the Lord said, my presence, bring it on. Bring my presence into the situation. Surround the situation with my presence. When the presence of God is brought into the situation with you, there's peace. You don't have to do anything else. How do I bring the presence of God? You bring the presence of God by being in the presence of God. Remember, Joshua would linger at the tent. He would linger at the tent of the meeting when he was younger. He brings the presence into the situation It's like you bring the presence, you pray over it like you've never prayed over it before. You continue to pray. You continue to speak to the Lord. You continue to to come closer to him. I was looking up some verses on presence and, um, and the presence of the Lord. It says, you fill me in Psalm 1611. You fill me with joy in your presence. Psalm 97.5, the mountains melt like wax before the Lord. The presence of the Lord does, it's a miracle. The presence of the Lord, when you're in the presence of the Lord, when I was, when I was going through this and my heart was being stirred through it, and I was like, yeah, we bring the presence of the Lord. And then in verse 10, he says, Joshua commanded the people, Don't give a war cry. Don't raise your voice. Don't say a word until the day I tell you to shout. But when I tell you to shout, then I want you to shout. Like, shout it out. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And when the trumpet sounded and the people shouted at the sound of the trumpet, the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, and every man marched straight in. Shout. You ever wondered what they shouted? Was it just like when you tell kids to shout, they're like, ah! you know, did they just shout like that? Or was it like, for the Lord? 
Or that battle's the Lord for his glory. What did they shout? I don't know what they shouted. It doesn't say what they shouted. I just told them to shout. When we declare the things of the Lord, there is a shift in the atmosphere when you speak it out. Tom shared this this morning, and uh, I want to share this. Um, this is uh, Hosting the Presence by Bill Johnson. And, and uh, he, w- he shared this with me last night because I said, hey, can you just look this through and see if it kind of just runs together? And he's like, oh, you need to read this. I was going to share this this morning. He shared this morning. I'm like, oh, I got to share that. John 6, 63, Jesus said, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. So Bill Johnson says, Jesus is a word made flesh. But when he spoke, the word became spirit. That's what happens whenever we say what the Father is saying. That's what happens whenever we say what the Father is saying. You've taken the word of God and you pray it over a situation or a person, or you just pray the word of God, your words are spirit. We've all experienced this. We're in a troubling situation. Someone walks in the room and says something that changes the atmosphere of the entire room. It wasn't merely because they came in with this great idea. They spoke something that became material, a substance that changed the atmosphere. What happened? They spoke something timely and purposeful. They said what the Father was saying, and the words become spirit. I was like, oh, that's what I want to convey. It's our words. What we speak with our words, we speak life into a situation, or we can speak death into a situation. When I taught, I wanted my my one thing in being a teacher I want to be a dream maker, not a dream breaker, because there's too many dream breakers out there. I want to encourage, not discourage. Our words, when we speak them, shift things in the atmosphere. Words need to go out of our mouth, not just in our heads when we're speaking, when we're praying, not just in our heads. I tell the kids this, speak it out. Pray to the Lord. I want to hear your voice. I don't have to know what you're saying. Just speak it out to the Lord because it's in speaking it out. You're saying something and it's going forth. Your words are going forth. They're going to change something. The spiritual realms that get shifted. Let me tell you, this is what stirred me as I was, as I was reading this. I thought of one of my nephews and I thought of the things that I spoke over him when he was young. And I prayed, first of all, we declare something over our kids, over anyone, when we name them. When you give them their name, you're declaring something over them because the name has a meaning. And that's the first thing you're speaking. And... uh, I got that from Jack, Jack Hayford a long time ago, and it was like, ooh, yeah. When I, when I meet people and I hear their names, and um, I'll say, well, what's the meaning of that? What's the meaning of your name? <laughs> I remember talking to one kid, and 
I don't know. Well, look that up and tell me. And if you don't like the meeting, we'll call you something else. <laughs> we'll give you a We'll call you something you want. <laughs> um, you know, when when I met Tom, and uh, in his work situation, he was young when he when he entered into the uh, 20th Century Fox, and they had. I would always hear him write th- or see him write things on stuff or hear him answer the phone. You know, he's, if I was talking to him, he says, hold on a second, he'd answer a phone. And he would always answer it with, uh, this is RK. And they called him RK at work. And so one of them, I said, what, what does that mean? What, why do they call you RK? And he says, oh, when I started working there, when I was younger, I was the kid. I was the rotten kid. So they called me rotten kid, and then they shortened it to RK. Well, that did not set right with me. Because here, I'm going to marry this guy. You're no rotten kid. And so I told him, you're not a rotten kid. You're a righteous kid. Yeah, right. And that's what it will stand for from now on. When they call you RK, you're a righteous kid. So being stirred up in this, and I was praying over my nephew. And I, I remember the things I prayed over him. And I was like, yeah. I began to speak loudly. It actually surprised me how loudly I was speaking. The declarations over my nephew. The promises of God. The word of God. Some of the things that we were singing. God is for you. He is not against you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Lord, you call him back. You draw him to you. He is going to be, that prodigal son is going to return. And I was speaking, and I was praying, and then it what he was destined for, he's destined for godliness. I always pray this, Lord, let him love you with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I, I, I kept going and kept going. I was, and then it went to the rest of the kids in my family. And then it went to the kids of the church, your kids. And it went to the and it came to adults too. It was just like because I was so stirred up was shouting out the declarations of the word of the Lord over situations and over people. We as a church need to be covering our next generation by shouting out the declarations over them, over our children. And you know what? The walls will fall down. The strongholds will be broken. General re- generational curses will be broken. They will be broken in the name of Jesus because you're changing the atmosphere by speaking out the words of the Lord, which are spirit. Our kids don't have to veer to the right or to the left. They can walk in the pathways of the Lord. We need to be doing that over them. We don't have rotten kids, only righteous kids. And then the ones who think they're rotten or haven't become righteous yet, they're just pre-righteous kids, that's all. Our kids are the righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, our next generation is going to transform our world, right? Their schools, but I believe they're going to do it for the kingdom of God. So we shout it out, and then we pass it on. You know, when Israelites were coming across the Jordan River and the ark had gone in, and it stopped. Remember the waters stopped, just like they did the Red Sea. But here's the next generation who are probably little 
when it happened when they were crossing the Red Sea, or some of them not even born. Here, the waters stop. And Joshua instructed them to take a stone, a representative of each tribe, 12 tribes, take a stone and take it to the camp and set it up as a memorial. So when our kids ask, what do these stones mean? You can tell them that is when the presence of the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant came through and we crossed the river. Tell them. When they ask, tell them. In, in a Deuteronomy, it says, 11, 18 through 19 says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them on the symbols of your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them. When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Parents, you have a great opportunity, especially if your kids are young. I would cherish those times when my nieces and nephews or kids that I babysat would come and spend the night, the Turner kids. I remember putting them down at night. What book do you want to read? Which Devo do you want? Reading them the book, praying over them. One time I remember laying down, one of them couldn't sleep, and we sang worship songs, worshiped over them till they fell asleep. That's a treasure. Time goes by quick, real quick. They become 20 when they were just five. Take the opportunity. You have the opportunity. You are blessed. I'm telling you, as someone who has not born kids, but has many spiritual kids, you are blessed to have them in your house and to be able to take the opportunity to speak over them and to share the goodness of what God has done and what he will do. Psalm 78 says, Oh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables and I will utter hidden things, things from of old, what we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us, and we will not hide them from our children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he has done. Our kids need to hear the stories of what God has done and what God is doing. So I encourage you today, and it's not just our kids, we need to hear them. I encourage you today, think of this last year. This is a great time because we have all been like thinking of the last year and what we're going to be doing and ushering in the new year. What has God done that you can share with someone today? And those of you who have kids, especially your kids, what has God done? What did he do that you can share? I want to close in this. I know our kids are in the back. So when the, when, let me just rephrase what I said. In coming in, oh, Lord. Mm. When, when, uh, in reading through this, that God has the situation first and that he is going to take care of it. And that we, we bring his presence into it. And we shout. And we pass it on. And I know I missed one of them. 
Can you give me my main points up there? No? Yeah, there they are. Oh, yeah, just do it. Do what he says. That's the important one. <laughs> so God's got this. We do what he says. We just do it. We bring his, his presence. We shout out his words because they become spirit. And we pass it on to the next generation. And this is what I want to do. I just felt the Lord stirring to do this. I know our kids are in their classes, but we have some of our youth here. I want to pray over our youth. I want to pray over our next generation. I want you to pray over them. Youth, you have something to carry in to our world. So if you're in your teens and even if you're in your 20s, I want you to stand because I, just, I want us to just pray over you. I want us to shout over you. I want us to shout declarations over you. So if you're around them, I want you to go and if they, you know, ask them if you can put your hand on them first. Don't just like... (laughs) If they allow you to, put your hand over them or extend your hands toward them. Can we pray over them? Can we shout the words of God over them? Speak it out. Shifts the atmosphere. I'm going to pray out loud, and I want you guys to pray out loud also. Oh, Lord. Lord, we thank you for our next generation. We thank you for the youth. We thank you, Lord, for their vitality. We thank you, Lord, for their life, for the spirit that they have. (laughs) Lord, thank you that you have what is good for them. You only give good gifts, and that's what you have for them. Now, Lord, many of them are going to be making decisions soon of who they're to be, what they're to be, how they're to go about their lives as an adult. Lord, some of them are in that right now, but Lord, you have them covered. You've got this, Lord. You've got their situations where they see no hope, Lord God. You have the hope. The hope is in you. Lord, I pray that they would bring your presence into every situation they have by being in your presence. By, Lord, by seeking your face. Lord, that you will give them the answers and they will have the ears to hear what your voice speaks and what your voice says. And, Lord, they would do what you say. Because, Lord, you will do what you say you will do. So, Lord, as you do it, that they would do their part, Lord God. Lord, we speak future, a hope, goodness over them, Lord. Blessing that they would walk in it. Lord, that they would not veer to the right or veer to the left, but Lord, that they would keep their eyes focused on you, that they see the end prize, that they are the joy set before you. And Lord, that they would walk in it. We thank you for that, Lord God. We thank you for that, Lord. (laughs) That they are our future. And Lord, that you have it in your hands. You have them in your hands. And where their feet go, that's where you go. The words that they speak of of your word, Lord God. They will shift the atmosphere with their words. Let there not be fear but that there be the confidence of Christ within them 
and that they would walk in the confidence of Christ. And we speak that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.